it just generates so much excitement. Thanks to the off the ball. We took Emma off your hands. Okay, Karen on the water girl. We're trying to get Karen on as a player. Yeah? <laughs> There's some things you just can't change. Subscribe to the Koi Gig Pod on the Off the Ball app now. The Koi Gig Pod on Off the Ball in association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Katie McCabe, a huge, huge goal. I'm very proud of the team's performance. We're going to go out there to beat them. We're going to try and beat them. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Koi Gig Podcast. I am your host, Kathleen McNamee, and I am joined by PMAT captain and former Ireland international, Karen Duggan. Karen, we're both feeling great bright and happy this morning absolutely <laughs> we don't feel like the weather at all yeah well that's brought a bit of brightness to the day hasn't it <laughs> it really has i mean it's been a long time since we've had like two very comprehensive wins i know against opposition that maybe aren't really up to our standard or where we consider ourselves at now but still really important for the confidence of this team considering everything that has happened over the last couple of months yeah i a lot of people were kind of like, oh, when the draw was made. But I think this is the perfect kind of opportunity for us to grow. We've spoken about the need to transition into a more fluid attacking team. Like we've nailed down the defensive solidity and we've all of our friendlies in the lead up to the World Cup and against the World Cup are all against really, really highly ranked opposition. Um but in order to get to the next level, we need to go out trying to win games as opposed to trying to not lose them. Obviously, it served us really, really well. But the key team keep talking about development and wanting to get to the next steps and being more comfortable on the ball and introducing more technical players is going to be part of that. And this Nations League, obviously, it's against much lower ranked opposition. It gives us a chance to make mistakes and we got two really good wins and last night we made an awful lot of mistakes, but it wasn't discouraging because they were trying them. Um, and something I found really interesting in the post-match interviews was the the use of the word confidence. The, the, a few players referenced, oh, this gives us confidence. And um, someone else can't remember who it was. They said, oh, we weren't afraid to go out and make mistakes. And I think it's a little bit of a reflection of how they used to approach matches and a shift that's needed. And it's going to take time for them to grow, but it is being introduced. There is confidence on the ball. Um, and they also said that the, the instructions that they got from the coaching staff were very direct. So I guess there's, there was loads of little snippets that you can read into from those post-match comments, but look, happy camp, six out of six, lots to improve on, which is a good thing because we have time to do that now, but also a lot of positives. We scored goals, four different goal scorers, mixture of kind of coming from set plays and coming from open play. So happy days. Yeah, I do remember the team after one of the games where we uh, let in a goal straight after halftime and the first words from Vera apparently in the room at halftime was don't make a mistake and then the mistake happened. So as you say, very interesting hearing those comments coming from the team last night because that was in a game that actually did relatively matter as well. Um, In terms of the stuff that you saw that maybe didn't flow quite as well as it should have done, but it's still positive that they were trying it and hopefully making those mistakes last night. What were those things? Um, For me, we were a little bit untidy in the first half in um, our passing. We we seemed to try and do one-touch passing and 
before we had allowed ourselves to settle fully into the game to allow ourselves to get our touch in. Um, and they were going astray and we were turning over off over possession too easily and obviously against a higher ranked opposition you will be punished for losing the ball in those central areas um, but again it was a new midfield combination and that's going to take time to we don't know who that is going to be whether we're going to continue to play with two sixes in the box or whether it's just going to be maybe Tyler Toland and then change shape but again um, there were just some areas of that and I think a bit of understanding um, which is it, it, there's new players coming in and it's it's a new feel um, to the game but I, I do I do expect this from these girls now I do expect them to be tidier in possession and to be making good decisions on the ball um, and maybe it was a little bit of complacency knowing that they wouldn't be punished if they did it but on the flip side you're saying right they tried it and it was a mistake. It didn't come off. It's something to learn from. Um, other than that, I mean, we weren't challenged defensively again, but I would say anything that Courtney had to deal with in terms of collection of crosses when people were coming and smashing her, that was really good. And she was tidy with her handling when she needed to be. Um, and she's grown into a real leader there, which is great because we are going to start introduce, introducing more and more young players and potentially lose some experience from the squad here and there. So it's important that you have players like her stepping up and being vocal. Um, I think Aaron Clark referenced it on Twitter there, just saying how vocal she was. Um, I think we obviously another area it was we highlighted in our RT between the first goal and the second goal, we didn't create any chance. So that was a good nearly. 25 minutes where we, we should be. And I think that came from sloppiness in possession um, and obviously getting the feedback from Hungary that they weren't going to threaten us us much. But um, these are the times that we need to become more clinical um, because, you know, it, it takes time to get really good at, you know, conversion or conversion rates going to have to be really high against stronger ranked opposition and Again, the way you do that is by keeping on practicing those movements and getting balls into the box and getting your combination play going. Um, it is definitely getting better when you have players like Denise O'Sullivan, um, Heather Payne coming in from the right and Katie coming in from the left, linking up with Carusa uh, and being able to create combos rather than Carusa having to hold up the ball for maybe four or five seconds before anyone else can join in the attack. So um, combination play isn't quite perfect yet, but we've started it and it's to do with those distances between players who can really affect the game in the final third. So the only thing I would say there is that we need to improve on is final decision-making to allow us to get more shots off, more shots on target, more crosses into the box. Do you think there's like a massive concern, say, about that 25 like scoring and then there's having that gap between the next goal? Because it's something we've seen when we have come up against better opposition where we take the lead and it's not that we sit back but it's almost like our minds go to we need to defend right now rather than add to this tally bring it on a little bit further give ourselves that cushion and give everyone who's watching it a bit of peace of mind as well yeah and it's it's a mindset thing and that doesn't happen overnight obviously there's a new interim management team and they've done their best to instill confidence in the girls and give them the belief that they can go on and score lots of goals in these games which is great but that, that what they were under different regimes and this isn't just in the Vera era. This is also coming from previous to that where it would have been Colin Bell. He, he's the one who introduced the, the kind of five at the back and the defensive solidity. And as soon as we got a draw against Holland away in those Euros quali- or the World Cup qualifiers previous campaign, that became like the 
the blueprint. We had to follow that. And that mindset has continued on. And again, it doesn't happen overnight um, that that can just change, but it will, it will happen. It'll just take some time. Um, and yeah, we're not, we're not used to being in that position where we're the ones in control of possession and we're the ones who dictate the pace of the game. So there's going to be a lot of work on the pitch that needs to be done in order to make us a better attacking team. But there's also probably work that needs to be done to do a little bit of unlearning of that kind of, um, defense is everything role. Um, there, it is still the foundations of everything. Obviously, and we're not going to produce a load of, you know, messies overnight, you know, but at the same time, it is, it's a confidence thing. And it, I do think the girls will need to do work on themselves off the pitch in terms of mindset um, as, a, as a collective and individually to just break the shackles off a little bit. Um, but hopefully, again, this is all being taken into consideration um, the coaching staff that they seem to build for this um, w- very important window of transition um, seemed to cover all bases and was very, very strong. And I'm sure that when they get given enough contact time with players, that things like mindset and all will come into to play in order to, again, get us to the next level. Speaking of the team that they built, obviously our own Emma Byrne was one of those and there was a very entertaining video posted on Twitter of her receiving her cap from Eileen Gleason and uh, Katie giving her a little bit of speech. And as I was watching it, I was like, is this the nicest Katie has ever been to Emma Byrne? Do you think? <laughs> she wouldn't dare not be nice to Emma. So that's... <laughs> um, oh, it, was, it was a lovely video. Obviously, it was very, very Emma. But um, it's proper order that she gets called out individually um, for everything that she's done for women's football in Ireland. And I think she's obviously shown in this campaign that she has more to give. And obviously we want her back on the pod as soon as possible and get all the inside scoop. But I think everyone in the country would be more than happy to see Emma Byrne's name still involved, whoever the new manager may be. Um, Because I think she just bridges that gap between the on-field stuff and the off-field stuff. And what I mean by that, that is knowing how to have the girls' backs, but also demanding respect from the girls and them knowing the pedigree that she brings. Um, and I think she has the perfect balance of that. So um, I guess it's a wait and see until she actually returns to us and lets us know what the scale is. Yeah, I uh, demand compensation from the FAI if they do manage to lure her away from us, which I will take in the form of us qualifying for major tournaments and her becoming even more... No, I I want cold hard cash, please. (laughs) (laughs) We will get onto that. We'll we'll send a letter with her. 10% Um, of whatever she's getting. (laughs) I feel like we'd have to negotiate that with her. I don't know how much she'd be willing to... I'm sure I I know exactly what her answer would be and where she would tell us to go. Yeah, well, very happy for her that like yeah. kind of this foray into coaching has gone very well, and it seems like it was a really good setup, and there was a good vibe around the camp. And I know 
there's been so much talk over the last while about vibes and feelings and all that sort of stuff but it is just nice watching the team play good football trying a few things out seeing players like Caitlin Hayes come in getting a goal on her second game she did promise us at the weekend that she was going to make up for all those chances she missed so uh, delighted for her that she managed to do that and uh, Denise yeah, Sullivan she's as well a, she's- yeah, no, Caitlin Hayes is going to be uh, a brilliant option from set pieces. Set pieces are still going to play a major factor no matter what team you are. And you can tell by how she attacks the ball, like she doesn't lose sight of the ball. And that's actually such a hard skill like to not close your eyes in those situations. It seems like a very basic thing, but it's really, really not. Um, and she has that and yeah, a brilliant introduction. Um Obviously, it'll be different when we come under pressure. We get to see a bit more of her defensively, but she looked absolutely solid and deserved her goal. Obviously, peach of a cross from Katie and we can wax lyrical about Katie's contributions over the last two games. But yeah, you mentioned Denise O'Sullivan there. Um, absolute masterclass and just goes to show what she can do when she's given a bit of freedom. I think she's the person we want on the ball the most and while she did a brilliant job for us in the deeper line she couldn't affect the game as much as we would have liked her to now she still pretty much kept possession every time she got it it was just there's always a nervousness about the defenders giving it to midfielders in those games where we are under the cosh so we would have gone long a lot longer or a lot more in those games whereas now we're playing a little bit more through the lines and it looks like everyone drops off her but Denise goes and she finds that space. Um, she's one of the most intelligent players you have on, on the pitch and getting her on the ball is crucial to everything we're going to do going forward. And last night was a phenomenal kind of indication, hopefully, of what's to come and what uh, what we what she can do. We all, always knew it, but like, Jesus, she was just incredible. It just felt like letting out, like, I don't know, a breath I'd been holding in or something because... Mm. I know she was playing that different role in the World Cup, but it was just not getting to see her play and do those masterclasses in the way we know she can. And then the last couple of games, having seen her back there, and even after the last game in Australia, when she did get to play that little bit higher up, like you could see just talking to her how delighted she was and how much she was enjoying her football. And you can see that reflected in her now as well. And I know players will always be like, we'll play whatever role the team needs us to. But it's a bit like Megan Connolly playing in defense. You know, you can see when she's in midfield, it's just it's the natural role that suits them and that they enjoy Mm -hmm. playing and you get so much more out of them. Yeah. And Denise sets such high standards for herself that she nearly feels like if she isn't central to everything, that it's not her best performance, which is not the case at all. But um, that's just, again, it just goes to show the mindset of a really, really top, top athlete. Um, And yeah, Denise O'Sullivan is one of the best midfielders in the world. And I know we talk about her an awful lot and I will continue to do so because she deserves that recognition. And I will not stop until everybody knows it. (laughs) I think it's because, like, obviously we appreciate her, but because she's played her whole career in the US, I don't know, does she get, like, the same appreciation in European circles in the way that she should? Like, if you, when I worked at ESPN, if you talk to anyone in the States, like, players, coaches, managers, Mm -hmm. you know, former talent, everyone was like, we're so happy we have her in our league. She is like the best player there. Like you had like Brazilian players being like, oh my God, her skill. You had mm-hmm. like really technical players being like, oh, her technicality is so good. And then I suppose because she's never had 
well, she's never wanted to either. Like she's been happy out in the US, but she's never had that with like, say, a major European club. I think she gets left out of those conversations. And also I think there's a bit of snobbery around the US league sometimes, mm. even though it is like an incredibly high standard as well. It's just that people don't get to watch it as much. Yeah, um, that, I think it hit the nail on the head there. Um, but her performances for Ireland are so good that hopefully those conversations start around Europe. But it's not that I would be like, oh, Denise should move to Europe so that she can make this stamp because we want Denise playing wherever Denise is happy. And the development that she's had while she's had in America has been unbelievable, second to none. And again, whatever Denise wants to do, she can do. And we'll just, we'll continue the conversation for her. We'll keep the candle light. <laughs> we'll be here with the torch every single day. Um, so coming out of that two games, I'm positivity, I feel like is the main thing we're taking into the next international window, knowing that we're going up against the same opposition. What would you like to see more of from this team since we kind of know now that we should be able to get the results? I mean, mm-hmm. the dream would be to keep a clean sheet completely. I think that would be yeah. quite important if we can manage it and then develop the side a little bit more. Yeah, uh, I think clean sheets throughout, again, foundations of our success continue to be so. Um, I want to see us just tidy it up and move the ball quicker and use the midfield more for bouncing players and just try and more combination plays, but being much tidier and much more aggressive in our pace of that, like challenge each other in terms of our passing and making sure that when you get on the ball, you have two options at every time and just just continue to challenge the team to be brave on the ball. I think that that's, that's a big thing is just, it, it does take guts. It takes bravery to get on the ball, particularly if you've made a couple of mistakes previous, you know, you, you don't want to come under scrutiny or you're trying to impress and keep your place on the team. But um, coaches will see that bravery. They'll see you you're willing to get on the ball and make things happen. And um, I think just more of that, um, I think that we've got players come back in as well um, out of injury who can make a big impact based on how we're trying to play now. Um, So I'm excited to see more people come back in and the challenge for places. um, I was really delighted that subs were made on the 55th minute yesterday as opposed to what we're used to seeing maybe on the 85th you know because you can't we can't really impact a game like that unless you're Amber Barrett and Hampton Park but um yeah I, I think that more yeah I think that there'll be more rotation and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing because again we are going to have more games next year before we get into the nitty-gritty of the the Euro qualifications so now is the time to do it I'm a big believer that experience at international level really really stands to you um in terms of letting the shackles off and becoming brave and growing into a team so more introduction of younger players more technical players on the pitch trusting our defense to defend because they're very very good at it um yeah more of the same but faster quicker (laughs) (laughs) card wants the intensity yeah no it definitely does feel like we're entering into an era of we won't have the same sort of settled starting 11 that we're so used to, like for the last couple of years, the last year and a half, definitely. Anyways, there wasn't really any places on the pitch unless there was an injury that you were kind of questioning to a certain extent, maybe one or two. Sometimes you'd be like, oh, we'll be little John or I, but 
it feels like, especially when all those players in defense come back and they're all fighting fit, it's going to be very interesting to see what. Yeah. And even the younger players being a couple of years older, like you, the significance of that is huge as well. The amount of development in female players that, you know, that can happen after the age of 18 is, is very, very significant. You know, a lot of people think if you haven't made it, 14, 15 that you're not going to. It's completely different in the women's game, particularly when they start to go professional. And we're going to see more of that and we're going to see more people challenging. So I think, yeah, lots of competition for places. I'm very excited to see how much we can develop over the next year. And I'm interested to see if another manager does come in and it seems like that because Greason again was saying this week that she isn't interested in the role full-time. It's interesting to see what manager may or may not come in and uh, try to make their own stamp on the team. You, can't, you have to account for that to a certain extent. Yeah, as and well. I think the sooner the better is important there as well if they are going to come in and, and change to, you know, can't keep swapping. Like I said, these things take time to bed in and there's a shift in mindset and that, that takes time as well. So you, ideally that happens sooner rather than later for the girls. Well, yes, we will keep a firm eye on that with lots of interest to see who does eventually end up in there. And the fun does not end, even though we've already had some midweek football. The WSL is back this weekend, which seems absolutely bonkers to me. I'm like, there should be at least another month of rest and yeah, recuperation. Not just for the players, for me too. <laughs> um, so yeah, this Sunday, the games kick off, starts at half 12 at Aston Villa, Manchester United. Then at one o'clock, Everton and Brighton, where Emma Burns' lovely wife, Vicky Lasada, has just been named captain in the last week. So congratulations to Vicky. Uh, at two o'clock, we have Bristol City versus Leicester. Then we have Arsenal, Liverpool, which should be a very interesting one. That one's at the Emirates. And I think they already have like 40 thousand tickets sold for it and then at three o'clock West Ham Man City and then Chelsea who are playing at Stamford Bridge as well they take on Tottenham at half five so Karen as a resident Manchester United fan how are we feeling going into this had some sad news this morning that the 17 year old signed over the summer Emma Watson did her ACL on international duty for Scotland so disappointing one for a young player but there's been a lot of comings and goings at United this summer there has um obviously the big name was Russo leaving but I think everyone kind of knew that that was going to be on the radar for for quite a, a long time but obviously new Brazilian signing I'm very excited to see her but also someone who I really like watching is Lucia Garcia and she scored for Spain again over this international break She's a very strong player exciting player so I'd like to see her get more game time for me the Villa United game is kind of the pick of the fixtures because I do think they're both teams that could still ch- could challenge, you know. Um, I, I really enjoyed watching Aston Villa last year. I think they've built a really, really good squad. Clever signings, um, obviously led by Rachel Daly, who was Player of the Year. Uh, just didn't take her long to adapt to the WSL at all. She really hit the ground running. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, do, is the loss of... Bagier and Russo going to be significant. I fear that it might be, but I'm hopeful that the, the new signings and obviously some of the squads stepping up to the plate can, can make a massive impact. I'm always intrigued by how Man City will start the season as well mm. because they're so unpredictable. I hope again as a United supporter that that trend continues because if they had the form that they had in the second half of the season, you know, they could have been taking a Champions League space away from Man United. So, um, 
yeah, there's some tasty fixtures in there. Obviously great that we've got a fixture in the Emirates and a fixture in Stamford Bridge. Um, you can't bet against Chelsea at, at ever as much as you might like to. Um, I mean, look at the people they've brought in, even like Cap Macario. I know that one's rumoured for a while, but yeah. one of the best young American players there is. Blinder trade at Leon. Me official, who has been in Liga MX over in Mexico. Like, I've been writing about her for so long. And I guess we how like talented she was from under 16 age. And then when I saw she was linked to Chelsea, I was just like, oh. <laughs> every time they get yeah, they don't they don't make bad signings, really, do they? Um But it must be their scouting system as well, because they're like scouting players from such a young age, I think, compared to a lot of other teams. Like you Arsenal do it to a certain extent, but it's very like European based. Whereas yeah. it seems like Chelsea have tentacles everywhere, which is kind of funny when you look at how badly they've handled the men's side of things. Yeah, well, that was just a little bit of crazy ownership, and you, Chelsea women don't seem to have fallen foul to that. I don't think Emma Hayes would let that happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're so strong. Spurs. Like they'll be have higher expectations of themselves that this year from what they had last year. They will have been disappointed with their showing last year, I would say. Um, but again, hard to see them getting a result against this Chelsea team. Um, oh, yeah. I think Bethany England is still out, so who's spearheading their attack? And that's a bit of was always a bit of a worry for them anyway, is what's their identity in attack, you know. And then they kind of lost that scrappiness in defence that they'd had in the previous season. So it'd be interesting to see how they come out against Chelsea. Yeah, for anyone who missed it, Beth England had to have like a relatively needed surgery on an issue that had been bugging her for a while. So it seemed like the sort of thing that had to happen between the World Cup mm-hmm. and the WSL starting so she's going to be missing the first couple of rounds of the WSL Um, what about Liverpool Arsenal Liverpool without Nifahi for a little while because of injury which we never like to see hopefully Leanne Kiernan can get back on the pitch at some stage they've just moved back into well they move a Liverpool team back into Melwood obviously the women weren't there in the first place after inexplicably selling it and then buying it back but Hopefully the new surroundings will help them. It's a big game at the Emirates, but they're kind of used to taking points off teams in big games. We've seen them do it a couple of times already. Yeah, they they could have the the shock factor that they had at that time. They took points off Chelsea in the opener as well. But no, I think Arsenal are, are too strong. Um, I think... The, Although, I think see the goal that Zinsberger let in last night. Yeah, not great, not great. Now, no, 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 no. The way she looked at her hands afterwards. I cool. know it's the worst kind. Like it is the worst position on the pitch. You know, to make a mistake, like yeah. oh, it's it's a stinker. <laughs> but look, Arsenal. I think the fact. I think getting knocked out of the Champions League will be stinging them, and the mm. fact that they even had to play in that round of the Champions League will have hurt their egos a little bit and um, obviously there's players to come back into the squad um, they've Russo now Blackstenia has had an excellent World Cup as well I thought um, so it it will be interesting to see if the Champions League performance is a symptom of where they are or if it was an off day and it can actually motivate them to do well um, mm-hmm. and I think they should have too much for Liverpool particularly in the Emirates like they're going to want to put on a show we all know they like a show. Katie loves a show. 
That's why she keeps scoring 40 yard screamers. She loves the attention. (laughs) I'm putting in perfect crosses for other people. It's just an attention thing. (laughs) I just, (laughs) I have a slight fear that like Russo is destined to, you know, get the equalizer for Arsenal in big games that they eventually end up losing as has happened to her in the England game last night and also in that Champions League game against Paris. But we shall see. Yeah, I'm I'm on the She doesn't score any goals against United. I'll allow it. That would be too much for me. Yeah, I'm on the fence about how Arsenal season is going to go because yeah. I, I think like they actually had a really good window when it comes to signings. Like I think bringing in players like Kira Cooney Cross is like really, really positive and hopefully she'll be able to settle in quick enough with the likes of Catley and Ford in that team. Um, but I, with the players coming back, we've just seen with so many of them that the first season they come back, it's not a great season for them generally and mm-hmm. it does take a while to get back up to the pace, which is understandable. But like we saw it with Huggerberg, we've seen it with Alexia Patelis, you know, and they were at a completely, well, I suppose, Minima probably wasn't at her highest level that we've seen her when she did her ACL. Mead was probably mm. flying it. So I don't know how much of an impact they will be able to make when they come back. I hope it's like not the case as yeah. it has been for other ones, but I just still have that like kind of fear. So yeah, yeah. I think it'll be a little while before Medema is back anyway. So I, I, I think they're going to have to plan and um, work around that. Uh, but they have got plenty of talent to to compensate. They should. They should have enough. I'm just, I'm, I'm just a little bit stung with that first game. Such a Debbie Downer. Come on, Kathleen. <laughs> first game of the season. There's hope for everyone at this point of the season. It's after the first game we get negative. We'll see, we've already had our first game and it was so bad that we were knocked out of the Champions League. And I don't know, I was so looking forward to getting over to the Emirates this season and doing like one of those big Champions League nights. I've always enjoyed going to them. You know, I watched Barcelona play there and it was amazing. The Wolfsburg last season. So, yeah. Maybe, you can go maybe. to Old Trafford instead. Oh. Oh. <laughs> How long have you been waiting to say that one, Karen? <laughs> Years. Years. Literally. Um, and before a ball has even been kicked, your far too early prediction of who's going to win it all. Uh, Chelsea. <laughs> it hurt you to say that, but I think you're probably right. I can't. Although... Unless someone... Nah, no, nah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Chelsea. I don't want to kick myself in the in the teeth too early with saying United have a chance. I'm excited to watch Man United play. I'm never excited to watch Chelsea play, but I think that they'll win. Well, I think everyone kind of feels like that with Chelsea. Yeah. They're just it's a bit like watching Man City in the men's side. It's just it's inevitable. Yeah. yeah. And it's something kind of boring, even though it's brilliance on the pitch. Yeah. You just can't get excited for it. So we'll see. Relegation it's- I find a little bit well, Bristol, I guess. You got it. Mm, yeah. Leicester though, after how they've done last while Brighton have made good enough sign-ins I think to have a much better season than they Mm -hmm. did last year they shouldn't find themselves in the same battle that they did at times last year but I think you're right Leicester could still be there so that first game of the season between Bristol and Leicester when you see what the points tally is at the end of the season for those relegations like you're talking about nine points nearly being enough sometimes to keep you up so well, getting three the on the board with, early is huge this is the thing with only having like 12 teams in the league is that mm. literally from day dot games matter you know 
Yeah. Especially if you're in that relegation battle where it tends to be a lot closer a lot of the time compared to maybe the top sometimes yeah. Chelsea or I was going to say or anyone else, but generally it's Chelsea. We'll just yeah. follow <laughs> Um, Well, we will be back with our usual Monday scheduling, looking back on all the WSL action. Uh, Unconfirmed reports, Emma Byrne will be returning to our side, but uh, if she does not, that will be a nice indication of who may or may not be getting the Ireland job at the other side. Uh, But hopefully she does return to us, and if not, Karen and I will have a nice little 10% of her salary, so it'll all be fine. Uh, If you have any questions for us about the Ireland team or any thoughts heading into the first weekend of the WSL please get them into us at the Koi Gig Pod on Twitter the Koi Gig Pod on Off the Ball is sponsored by Cadbury official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team Karen thank you very much as per usual I hope you get to bask in the glory at least until half 12 on Sunday when all hell will break loose once more for the WSL thank you very much I to everyone too. <laughs> The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball in association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team.